You are listening to episode number 38 of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. So a few weeks ago, I asked y'all on my Instagram stories what you needed to hear most on the podcast to feel ready for this new school year. And a resounding amount of you said you just needed a pep talk. After arguably the craziest three years in life as most of us have known it, it's hard to go into another school year filled with unknowns and running on empty, as I know many of you are. Well, I am here for you, teacher friend. In this episode, I'm going to channel my inner Coach Taylor and really my inner Tammy Taylor to encourage you and pump you up for another school year. Need some pep in your step as the school year picks up? This episode is for you. Let's jump straight in. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. No matter where you are coming into this school year, I want you to know that I am here to be your hype man. And there are five things I want to share with you in this episode to hopefully encourage you going into this school year. And here's the first one. Teaching is your job. It is not your life. So many of us as teachers are altruistic by nature. I mean, we clearly did not get into this job for the money, but most of us did it because we love students and or we love our subject material. But somewhere along the way, our jobs have become so much more than just a job. And I think a lot of this is the pressure that society puts on us as educators to do so much in terms of the raising and rearing of the students in our care. But we need to put teaching back into its rightful place in our lives. Teaching is not your life. It is your job. Do you want to live to work or work to live? This is something my husband and I challenge each other with all of the time. We do not want to be living each day for the work we're doing. We simply do the jobs we do, yes, to help other people, but also to provide for our family and the lives that we have. And so because of this, that leads me to the second thing I want to tell you today. You do not have to be available 24-7 for your admin, your coworkers, and your students. Because again, this is your job. This is not your life. And no job requires you to be on call 24-7. I was telling the students in my Secondary Science Simplified Professional Development course this summer that my sister is a vascular surgeon. And to me, That makes her a pretty important person with a pretty important job. I mean, she literally holds people's lives in her hands as she reconstructs their aortas. That seems pretty important to me. But even my very, very important sister, who gets paid 10 times more than the average teacher, she is not expected to be available 24-7 for her patients. So why are we as teachers... 
Again, we're making a fraction of what people like my sister, who's a vascular surgeon, make. And yet, for some reason, the people who surround us on a daily basis expect us to be working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's just not realistic. So please, teach your friends, go into this year deciding that teaching is going to be your job again and not your life. And because of that, you don't need to be available and working and doing things 24-7. Because here's the deal. Here's the third thing I want you to hear. Other people's emergencies do not have to become your emergencies. And when we are available 24-7, that is what inevitably happens. And I think this has always been a hard thing for teachers, but I think it especially got tricky three years ago when we were switching from in-classroom teaching to virtual, to hybrid, to back and forth, to asynchronous, to all these different things. It became expected because we weren't working traditional eight to three teaching hours that we were more available. And now we need to rein that back in again and stop being available all the time for our admin coworkers and students. My husband has told me this about other people's emergencies not becoming mine for years. And it took years of him reminding me of this truth until I finally listened to him and believed him. You see, I would get in bed around 9.30 or 10 and be just about to turn my light out and I would see an email notification pop up on my phone from a panicked student or a stressed out parent and I would start to panic for them and I would feel like I needed to respond and help them right away. And if I didn't respond and I said, okay, I'm going to leave this for tomorrow, then I found I couldn't sleep because I was feeling anxious because I had absorbed that person's anxiety, and their own panic. Y'all, teachers are not 911 dispatchers. We should not be expected to be on call at all hours of the day to put out other people's fires. Because here's the deal. If it's a true emergency for your student to be emailing you or that parent to be calling you and leaving you a voicemail or whatever it is, then your students or your admin or your student's parents, they should call 911, not email you. And I know that may sound silly, but it's the truth. I found we often, we have trained our students that we are available by always being available. And thus they expect this of us. Don't do that this school year. Think back to when you were in high school. You were not emailing and calling your teachers at 9 p.m. and expecting them to respond to you. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know when you went to high school, but I didn't have an email or anything like that. That was not something that I could do. And so now with all the availability of technology, we are so readily accessible that then we train students that we're readily accessible. I don't want you doing that this year. I want to tell you a little story about my children, my two oldest, Nan and T. They are three and four. And it has been our mission this last year to teach T and Nan how to play together without us. They are built-in playmates. They're 17 months apart, and they can have so much fun together. But for the longest time, they didn't want to play apart from me. They wanted me, if I wasn't in the mix with them, to be right there next to them. That way, if there was any conflict whatsoever, I could intervene and help them make peace with each other. But you know what? That was not serving T and Nan. And we started this when Nan was two and T was three. We started sending them upstairs to their shared bedroom, which is a safe space, all the furniture's drilled in the wall. 
There's no way they could really get too hurt up there, but I'm sure they could figure out some way. But we would send them up there and I would say, okay, I want y'all to play together without coming down for mommy at all for 10 minutes. And then that stretched to 20 and it stretched to 30. And now we've created this space. We've trained them that they can go up there and play for 45 minutes to an hour with each other. And we've taught them and we've equipped them to be peacemakers and to be problem solvers. So when conflict arises while they're playing, instead of immediately running to me or immediately running to my husband and trying to ask for help and have us solve the problem, they have figured out ways to solve the problem themselves. They figured out ways to create peace and be peacemakers and resolve their own conflicts together. And they're just three and four years old. All it took was me creating the space for them to do that and giving them some tools to train and equip them to solve their own problems. And they were able to do it. This is what we need to do for our students. We show them where we put the due dates into the grade book. You can show them where you keep your class calendar or where your website is or how you set up your Google Classroom so that if they have a question, instead of coming to you for the answers, they become their own problem solvers and they go to all the other resources you have available to find the answer first. We train their parents too that we're not going to be available 24-7 to answer questions. So if they have something they need to know from us, they should probably ask their student first and go to them first before they're coming straight to us because they're only going to hear from us once a day or whatever standard it is that you set. For me personally, I was a once a day email inbox checker. That was it. And I trained my admin in that too. It only took one or two times for an admin to realize if they really needed me, they weren't going to shoot me an email. They would just bop up to my classroom and stick their head in and tell me what they needed to tell me. So let's train the admin, coworkers, parents, and students in our lives this year that we are not going to be available 24-7. We are not going to absorb their emergencies and let them become our emergencies. We are going to equip them to be peacemakers and problem solvers in their own lives so that their first instinct when a problem arises or they have a question isn't to run and shoot off an email to us. It's to get on Google. It's to check Google Classroom. It's to log into the learning management system. It's to text or phone a friend and it's to figure it out themselves. Now with that comes my fourth challenge or encouragement that I have for you today. And that's give your students and yourself some grace this year. I think about these last few years and how stressful of a time it has been to be an adult. Now imagine being a 14-year-old or an 18-year-old, whatever age you teach, it doesn't matter. I truly cannot imagine having the hormones of a middle schooler and having to walk through these last few years of the ever-changing unknown of pandemic and post-pandemic life. So let's give our students grace. The last three years have each year looks so different from the last. And some of them are just still learning what it looks like to be a student that goes to school five days a week for seven to eight hours at a time. So let's give our students grace, but let's also give ourselves grace. Okay, so how do we do this? How do we have grace for our students and for ourselves? This is going to look different for each of us depending on your personality and you know what challenges you most in your classroom versus what maybe challenges me most. But really consider what are the things that you have to do and cover and what are the things that you can maybe loosen the reins on a little bit. 
I know that you might have an EOC course, so you have to cover these certain standards. But are you having to truly grade 100 assignments a week? Is that something that your school is really requiring of you? Do you have to stick to that pacing guide from your district for how long you should be spending on each unit? Or can you just kind of give yourself some wiggle room and some breathing room this year to work at the pace that is best for you and your students? I know for me personally, after all of this craziness from these last few years, I would be majorly prioritizing decreasing just the overall workload I placed on students in general. I would not be assigning homework. I would be trying to do all of our learning in the classroom, and I would be collecting way fewer assignments for me to grade. Decreasing the overwhelm of your students will in turn decrease your overwhelm. So I encourage you to do that and to give both your students and yourself some grace this year. And with that comes my last piece of encouragement, and that is just to hold everything loosely this year. I like to think of the image of just holding this year with open hands rather than clenched fists. Take on this school year one day at a time, because here's the deal. Your students need you to show up every day and love and care for them in your subject matter. That is it. They don't need a perfect teacher. They don't need an Instagram-worthy classroom. They don't need 100 opportunities to show what they know in your graded assignments. What they do need is for you to care for them and to you to pass on some skills to help them be contributing members of society one day. That's it. Let's make the focus of this school year be about knowing our students, loving them, and trying to get them to love learning. That's all that really matters. Whether they pass the EOC exam or their AP exam at the end of the day, those don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And I know your job may be at stake because of your EOC scores or your students are financially investing and taking an AP class in the exam so they need to pass so that they're not wasting money. I get that and I hear you. But truly what matters the most beneath all of that is the relationships you build with your students. And that doesn't require a big budget or the best technology or online simulations or doing a lab every single day. It just requires humans committing to love and care for other humans. That's it. When I think back to my high school experience, I don't really remember a lot of really specific epic lab days. And I don't really remember what I made on all my AP exams. But I do remember the teachers that cared about me and really changed my life. And you can be that teacher for others. So if there's one thing I hope you hear today, it is that you are valuable and you have something to offer your students. It doesn't have to look like it has always looked. This job doesn't have to be your life and it shouldn't be. The best thing you can do this year is show up for your students every day, care for them as best you can in your current season within your current capacity and care about the subject matter you teach. That's really all you need to do. As always, I'm grateful for you tuning in and listening to today's episode. Anything that I mentioned link-wise can be seen in the show notes at itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash episode 38. And if you have a teacher friend who needs a pep talk before this back-to-school season, I would love for you to share this episode with them. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, all you have to do is click those three dots in the bottom right-hand corner and then just click the share button. That's it. And if you're a non-Apple listener, I know you've got a share button somewhere in there too, so you just need to find that and click share. Let's pump each other up this school year. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. 
If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.